Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. This coming November 8th and 9th, we will be having our third annual Boise Reformation Conference. And of course, one of the greatest blessings of this conference is that it is a collaboration of several Treasure Valley churches. Baptists, Presbyterians, Independents are all joining together to celebrate the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This year, our theme is In Christ Alone. We have two speakers, Mark Jones, who's a pastor at Faith Reformed Presbyterian Church in Vancouver, and then Cornelis Venema, who is president of Mid-American Reformed Seminary in Indiana. Now, all the information, including how to register, is found at ReformationBoise.com. Now, Today we're talking about this issue of assurance, and one of the places in the New Testament where we find this issue of assurance is in 2 Peter um, chapter 1, verse 10, and I would argue this is arguably the key verse for the entire epistle, and Peter said this, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. I think this is remarkable because (laughs) Peter believes that, uh, you know, the most practical advice for how to get on in the Christian life is to enable us to make our calling and election sure. So let's, first of all, just dive into that verse. What does Peter not mean in this verse? Is election an unsure thing? Well, if you look at the context, the verse three says, his divine power has granted to us all all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. He called us is his election. So um, Peter has already introduced the concept of election, and that is based upon God's divine power. And then he goes on to say, by which he's granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. He's talking about salvation, salvation that is God orchestrated through the work of his divine power, that's election. All of this is just other ways of talking about this doctrine. And then he says, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. You're not earning your faith. You're not um, somehow making yourself saved, but saying, okay, God saved you through his divine power. Now, we're, let that be shown in a life where you, and then he goes on and talks about virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness. And then he says right before this, if you lack these qualities, they're nearsighted and blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed. Mm, yeah. You, there, if you're lacking assurance, you've forgotten 
that yeah. you you've been cleansed from your sins by God by yeah. His election. Yeah. There's a there's an objective knowledge that we have when it comes to um, our assurance, and that objective knowledge comes from the very statements and promises in God's Word. You know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. I mean, there's something very objective there, but then there's there's a, a subjective quality as well that um, that we talked about yesterday when we were referring to um, the fact of, you know, how has my life changed because of this? And we begin to see the signs of it. So the subjective things are, you know, am I doing anything just because I love the Lord Jesus? And am I not doing things just because I love the Lord Jesus? Um, that's the simplest way to put it. You know, my life has changed because I realize my affections are changing. So there's a subjective quality, which is what um, Peter is getting to when he's saying add, when when he's telling us to to look to these things. That's the that's that's the second part of the three legged stool: the objective, the subjective. We could get to the fact that um, we have the Holy Spirit now who comes to indwell us. Um, whereby we call out Abba Father. We have this relationship with him in prayer. He, he's uh, informing us in our own life. It's not just simply that, I mean, we, we have a discernment in terms of Scripture. There's a, um, you know, we read his inspiration and his, his word, and we, and we respond to it. So there's a, there's a you know, the, the objective, the subjective, and then there's that interpersonal relationship that we have with you know with Christ, the indwelling Christ through the Holy Spirit that we're able to call out to Him. Mm-hmm. Phil, um, sometimes you know in in defining our terms, we help we we say, well, this is what it what it doesn't mean, right? Mm-hmm. So um, assurance is is a different thing than justification. Mm-hmm. Um, so assurance of salvation is not the same thing as justification. What do we mean by that? Well, that we can, we're we're justified, not by anything that we do, but but by God's free gift of grace given through His Son Jesus Christ. It's we we lay hold of it by faith, but it's not our doing; it's God's doing. Mm-hmm. And the assurance is the subjective knowledge. Well, but let me let me do as as has already been said. It actually has two elements. Assurance has both the objective and the subjective. The objective is the multiple promises of God, and we've already reviewed some of them. We we could go through many more uh, in the New Testament and the Old Testament too. Um, and one that was one that was just mentioned, um, or or actually an, another one in addition to what Jonathan just mentioned. Um, <clears throat> everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right. You find it first in the book of Joel in the Old Testament, find it several times in the New Testament. That's a promise. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a, that's a promise given without condition mm-hmm. other, other than to call on the name of the Lord. <clears throat> so have you called on the name of the Lord in faith? You're saved, period. Mm-hmm. That's objective. Mm-hmm. And then there's a subjective element of it too, uh, <clears throat> my personal experience of peace, um, of joy, of assurance, and, 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 and almost in a backhanded way, I also want to say it isn't always positive feelings that give me assurance. Mm-hmm. The very fact that I know my need of God, 
the very fact that I feel um, the very fact that I that, that I sometimes cry out in anguish, God, why am I the way that I am? Uh, mm-hmm. When I when I join my voice, for instance, with right. the Apostle Paul in Romans seven, yeah. the thing that I want to do, I can't. And the thing that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Well, I'm in a body of death. And, and I sometimes, just the very f- fact that I cry out, along with Paul, who will deliver me? That, in a strange, it sounds, it's counterintuitive. Right. But, that but gives non, me, non-regenerate people don't pray that. But no. non-regenerate people don't pray that. Right. Yeah. So let's make a sh- very sharp distinction here between assurance and justification. Justification is something that we cannot lose. Right. That's right. But assurance, we we can lose it. And I would argue yes. this is what Peter's saying in Second Peter one ten when he says, "Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm." Your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Fall from what? Fall from that lack of fall assurance. Fall from that lack of that, assurance. That peace and Because he's not quality. talking about falling from election. He's not talking about falling from justification. And so obviously in the mind of the apostle, this idea of falling from assurance is uh, detrimental to the health of a Christian. This is, this is one of the challenges that people have with regard to assurance because, first of all, they don't start with the objective. They start with the subjective. And what I, what I mean by that is um, – you know, when they're looking for assurance, they're looking for that place that they wrote in the back of their Bible where they walked an aisle or where they did something. But what happens to those people that, you know, maybe thinking about that date and time, they now they're wondering, was I really serious? Um, I know more now than then. Uh, and they begin to have doubts about those things. So, so um, we can't rest our assurance on on those things. We have to go we have to go deeper. We have to go into the promise of God, as as uh, Phil was saying. Yeah. These these objective promises. You know, there are ways people talk about that. Um, you know, there's the indicative. The indicative tells us who we are in Christ, all the way through. In fact, you can read the first three chapters of um, Ephesians. You have indicatives all the way through telling you about the fact of the Christian life. This is who you are. This is what God's done. And it isn't until you turn into um, chapter 4 that you get the first imperative, and it says, remember what God has done. Yeah. That's, you, this is the imperative. Remember what he's done. And then, yeah. and then it will go into the application of the Christian life. That's right. And then it's at, you know, the, so the subjective part takes over when we fully rest and trust in the promises of God. So it's not just it's not just you know the knowledge of what He's done, not assenting to the fact that this is the most reasonable understanding I have of the Christian life, but it's a perfect trust and falling into the arms of uh, of yeah. Christ and, and and you know the my whole salvation depends on Him. Now I can get on with the other, and now I see how it's affecting my life, and I have a greater assurance. Right. But people are going to confuse justification and assurance um, when they view justification, I believe, incorrectly. So if you believe that you have some part and role in justification, that somehow you, um, in effect, help to save yourself um, by your faith, um, then Mm -hmm. I'm going to say pretty strongly, but I think also very clearly, you'll never have assurance. Yeah. Right. If you yeah. think you have a part in your own justification, then 
one of the byproducts of, of holding that belief is that you will forever set, um, forfeit uh, assurance of faith. Right. So you have to embrace what Peter is saying here, mm-hmm. that it's a divine work that did a complete job. Mm-hmm. And once that foundation is there for justification, then you can have assurance. Yeah. But if that foundation is not there, my friend, you will never have assurance. You'll chase it all your life and you'll never possess it. Well, we recognize that the new birth is the new birth. We have no way of birthing ourselves. The new birth was the work of regeneration by the Holy Spirit. So that is... That's something that began. It's not like you can't, you didn't add anything to your birth. Yeah. Well, can I offer a def? So we, we kind of said what assurance is not. Mm-hmm. Can, can I offer you guys a definition of what I think assurance is? And you guys can critique it harshly. Go. So mm-hmm. uh, assurance is the happy persuasion in your soul that you are loved by God and have been saved by Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Is that helpful, unhelpful? The happy persuasion in your soul that you are loved by God and have been saved by Jesus Christ. I think it's a, a wonderful, simple um, explanation of that assurance, and that's why sometimes that that wanes, you know, because there are things that come into our life that, um, you know, where we be, may doubt those circumstances that and trials and situation. The the whole idea James talks about the you know trials will come. It's not they're they're inevitable. They're not electives in our life. And when those things come into our life, sometimes it makes us doubt, yeah. you know, uh, maybe his love, plus also our our drawing away from God and not being in his word, knowing that sin's in our life, we we lose that, um, that sense of that wonderful peace that you're talking about. That's right. But ultimately, you know, it's on our side that it's lost, you know, um, you know, if if we're unfaithful, God remains faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what That's we're right. told. That's right. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We're talking about assurance. This is one of our sessions at our upcoming Boise Reformation Conference. Our theme this year is In Christ Alone. All the details for it are found at ReformationBoise.com. This is going to be held November 8th and 9th. Please go to ReformationBoise.com. We'll see you next time. 